Hi everyone, welcome back to Service and Practice. I'm your host, Karen, and today we have a special guest, Lillian Andrews, who is married to Father Anthony Andrews, who serves the Church of St. Mary in St. Antonio's in Queens, New York. And prior to that, Lillian also served at my church, St. Mark's Coptic Orthodox Church in Jersey City, and actually served me for a few years when I was in middle school. Lillian is also a project manager in a healthcare network in New Jersey, and a mother of two adorable young girls. On top of that, she also writes a blog called Lilies and Thorns, and today she's going to share a little bit about her blog, and we'll also talk about how she's used it as a tool to help people understand the complex and crazy world that we live in, and help them to grow in their relationships with God as well. Hi Lillian, how are you? Good Karen, thanks for having me on here. It's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your blog, Lilies and Thorns. Why did you start it? Um, So I've always loved to write. It's been a hobby of mine for a while. Uh, But working in the engineering world, you know, I was always used to crunching numbers. So this was a really nice way um, to serve people in uh, a form that is very popular in in today's culture. With everyone being online, especially during quarantine and the pandemic, Uh, I thought it would be really easy to reach uh, youth that way. So a couple of months ago or earlier this year, I listened to a um, self-help podcast, some audiobooks, read some few books as well, and I got really into the subject. And I thought to myself, I was like, I wish I had something like this when I was growing up. Um, Something, you know, to help me walk in my Christian faith. And uh, I started thinking about it and researching, hey, is there a Coptic uh, resource online that can help girls out these days? Uh, I couldn't really find much. There's a lot of good uh, Christian ones, but nothing really specific to somebody who's walked in my shoes. So, you know, I was born in Egypt. I came here when I was younger. I identify with the Egyptian culture as much as the American culture as well. So I was just looking for like an ethnic Orthodox woman who has a resource out there. When I couldn't really find it for the Coptic world, I was like, let me create one. I prayed about it. I thought about it a lot, thought of all the logistics, and I came to the world of blogging. And I figured that was the best way to combine both things I love, which is writing and to serve younger girls. Wow. It's so awesome that you were able to see that there was this need and then quickly figure out a plan how to fill the need. I'm a big fan of your blog, and so far you've written a lot of great articles that I highly recommend. And I also like that you mentioned the idea of culture and being able to cater to a specific group that identifies with that culture. And the reason I mentioned this is because we're going to talk about the idea of culture and how it kind of interplays with our faith today later on in this episode. And the title of the blog, Lilies and Thorn, it's a beautiful title, and I'm interested in the story behind it. Sure. So I was reading uh, Songs of Solomon, uh, chapter 2, verse 2. The verse is, uh, like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And immediately after I read that verse, it made me think of how these beautiful flowers are usually surrounded by thorns. Or if you get like a bouquet of roses, the stems are always filled with, you know, thorns. And that's kind of how I see the Christian woman living today. We're trying to navigate this world that's filled with a lot of challenging things that we can say they're like kind of thorns. But after you get through that 
stem full of thorns, you get to a beautiful lily. And that's exactly what the Christian life is all about. It's this beautiful struggle that we have and uh, just trying to navigate it. That's what the blog is all about. So I thought it was a really fitting title. I like the story that's behind it. And I was reading on your blog in the about section a part that says life is full of beautiful flowery parts as well as the challenging thorns. Just remember that the thorns eventually lead to beautifully bloomed lilies. And it's such beautiful language that you have there. And I think it really drives that point home. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I try to, you know, not just give my opinion, but also a lot of biblical references, uh, what the church fathers are teaching about these subjects, and, you know, share from my personal experience so everybody knows that they're not alone. Sometimes we're trapped in our struggles and we think no one else is facing this. I'm all alone in the world. Nobody knows how I feel. And that's not true. That's something, you know, Satan likes to make us think so he can corner us and uh, make us fall. Well, thank you for being a resource and for reminding all of us that we aren't alone, as you just said. And uh, one other comment that I had that I was wondering about the blog title is, does it have anything to do with your name, Lillian? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a nice coincidence, yes. (laughs) Uh, Well, again, it's really awesome that you've been able to write this blog and also now have a community of readers and and people who are really a big fan. So I want to now jump into some of the specific topics that you address in the blog. And one of those topics that you focus on a lot is sexual purity, especially written towards teenagers while speaking from a biblical perspective. So can you share with the listeners why this is an important issue to you? So I think growing up here in America, we're bombarded everywhere with messages of sex and sex culture uh, in TV shows, in movies, in magazines, anywhere you look on social media, online, even just talking with your peers, whether it's in school or work or whatever setting that you're in, this topic always comes up. And as Christians, we're called to live a pure uh, and holy life. So it's two contradicting messages that we're always getting and we're struggling to keep the Christian faith. So I wanted to address the topic of sex, virginity, purity, dating, relationships, all the stuff that any teenager you know, struggles with and thinks about and goes through. I know I've struggled with it myself growing up and I wanted other girls to understand uh, the sacredness of sex and um, not to view it as this casual thing like sometimes it's portrayed in the media. Um, and also back it up with some studies that I found Um, So there was one done by the uh, Institute for Family Studies, and uh, it showed that Americans who have ever slept with only their spouse are most likely to report being in a very happy marriage. And I think the title of the article that I saw in The Atlantic was called uh, Fewer Sex Partners Means a Happier Marriage. Also, just a side note, that doesn't mean that if somebody has, you know, had sex and has really repented and has gotten married, doesn't mean they can't also have a happy marriage. Um, We'll talk about repentance later as well. Uh, I also wanted to talk about being single, um, you know, the struggle in that, and that we should see it as a gift from God, right? It's a temporary time where... We get to enjoy just, you know, being in a relationship with God and getting to know ourselves, getting to know our friends, our family. And even if it's not a temporary thing, you know, some people are single for a very long time or even won't ever get married. I think there is also uh, a gift in that that sometimes we overlook. 
Uh, I wanted to also talk about Christian dating uh, and how to do it the right way. And it should be really for the preparation of marriage, what to look for in a godly spouse and how to be a potential spouse yourself and to walk in the Christian uh, faith and what we're called to as wives and husbands. Wow. All of those are big topics. None of those are easy ones. But so far in the articles that you've written and I've read, you're doing an amazing job of (laughs) of tackling those tough questions. And like the title of this episode suggests, looking through the kaleidoscope, you know, breaking up these big subjects into smaller kind of bite-sized pieces that are easy to understand and to remember from the way that you write your posts. And I especially like that you address the topic of sex and purity. And as you were saying, treating it with the reverence that it deserves, that it's not going to be just something so commonplace that sometimes the, the world may paint that picture, while at the same time not treating it as a taboo where you know people are so uncomfortable to even say the words and talk about the subject and answer questions that young girls and even young boys might have. Yeah, so, you know, coming from Egypt and our parents growing up in the Egyptian culture, it wasn't a topic that was discussed very much with them. Uh, It was very taboo, as you said. And uh, I think in America, it's quite the opposite. People are very open to talk about it. So I think we have to address it in a proper way when we're talking to our Sunday school kids and uh, serving younger kids in the church because it's on their mind and they have their own thoughts and their own feelings towards it. So we definitely need to have an open conversation about it, an open one without being harsh or judgmental and to also teach repentance because let's say I'm giving a Sunday school lesson and somebody in there has already had sex. So the topic of virginity doesn't even apply to them anymore. Even if somebody has sinned, they can always turn back and still pursue a life of virginity and purity. That's that's so true. And I think, as you were saying, these topics are frequently discussed in Sunday school or retreats or spiritual days. And the attitude which the person who's teaching has is so important, you know, not, not to be harsh, not to be judgmental. And do you think there is room for improvement on how in the Coptic Orthodox Church, we approach these topics, especially while teaching? Yes, definitely. Um, well, I've had some really great talks growing up from servants who've addressed this topic in, uh, in a very good way. And I've also had some that have done an okay job at it. <laughs> uh, so I think we need to take a step back and see you know, what the Bible says about it. And we know that in the beginning in Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, Now it says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So it was a command from God to uh, procreate, right? And that's how we fill the earth. There's also a quote from St. John Chrysostom. He says, sex is not evil. It is a gift from our God. Sometimes people think that sex was a byproduct of the fall, but it wasn't. Adam and Eve were uh, born with sexual organs way before the fall happened. It was something that is uh, was given from God, like St. John says, a gift from God. And we shouldn't look at it as a, a bad thing. It only becomes a sin when it's done outside of marriage. 
Also, St. Paul also says in uh, 1 Corinthians, this is from chapter 6, it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Here is St. Paul calling us um, to flee the sexual immorality and sexual sins. Sex within marriage is a beautiful thing. Like I said, it's, it's a gift from God. It shouldn't be viewed as a taboo or a shameful thing. Sometimes when we hear these Sunday school lessons, that's where our mind goes right away that we think sex is bad, but it's not. Outside of marriage, it could be very harmful, but in marriage, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for shedding light on that and for the scripture that really speaks to that it's a gift from God, like the quote from St. John Chrysostom says. And I think you do a really great job, you know, not just in this episode, but also in your blog posts, tying in uh, your, your experiences with the teachings of the church in the Bible and the church father's writing. Thank you. And I think it's also very important when we're speaking about this topic to come from a place of compassion and love. And we need to teach repentance. Uh, we need to teach confession. We need to teach that this is a real temptation that we have in the world and we're not perfect. And if we do fall, you know, to come back to Christ I mean, look at the adulterous woman caught in the act in um, John chapter 8, where Christ sees her and sees everybody condemning her. And he says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And he defends her, even though she was a sinner. Christ wants us all to come back to him and to live a holy and pure life with him. I think we also need to be very careful how we tie virginity to someone's worth or someone's value. That's not all that we are. And if somebody does lose that, doesn't mean they've lost all self-worthiness. It's, you know, quite the opposite. Our worth is from Christ. You know, he is the giver of everything, everything good. So um, repentance is a good thing that he's given us. It's a gift from him as well. We know that he loves us no matter what, no matter how many times we've sinned, no matter uh, how far away we've gone from him. He always just wants us to come back to him. This is so key to keep in mind where our value and our worth comes from. So thank you for pointing that out. And this topic overall with how sex is talked about you know, in the church and even within our culture, this is just one example of how sometimes we have cultural ideas that seep in to when we teach or when we talk about things in church. And we have to be really careful as servants that when we're teaching others, especially those who might be new to the church, that we don't intermingle the cultural ideas that are not in line with biblical thinking. So how can we navigate this fine line? I think the key thing is to just always stay biblical, look up commentaries and see what the church fathers say. There's actually a book called exactly that. It's called uh, What the Church Fathers Say About and um, there's a chapter in there actually about sexuality, love, and marriage, uh, where you can read a lot of really nice things that the church fathers have said about it. And also, you know, I want to mention that not all cultural things that we've learned or are taught are bad. Some of them really do line up with biblical teachings, and uh, we've learned a lot of great things from the Egyptian culture as well as the American culture. We can take a lot of great concepts and apply it in the Christian life and um, see how that's actually derived from the Bible. 
That reminds me of a talk that I recently heard about a lot of the principles of leadership, especially in the corporate world um, today that people talk about and write about. There's books and podcasts and everything about that. A lot of those concepts are actually derived from the ancient Christian thinking, whether from the Bible or church fathers or even the desert fathers. So you're so right that there's a lot of merit to other ideas or concepts that we find in culture and society. But as Christians, we do have to, as St. Paul writes, take every thought captive and evaluate that in light of what the Bible says and use our discretion and our God-given wisdom. So thank you for sharing your thoughts. And thank you for being here today. Uh, it was really great to hear insights about you know these cultural ideas and how we look at them as Christians and also how you write about them and help others. Thanks, Karen. Uh, I, it's you know a pleasure of mine to write about these things uh, and to have it serve the girls and even guys as well uh, who read the blog that might be struggling with these topics and uh, feel that they're alone or feel that they can't get help from anywhere. I tell my readers, you know, I'm here if you guys need anything. I've talked to many of them, uh, whether they've messaged me on social media or through the blog itself. uh, And some of them have found it helpful and others I've referred to either like a psychiatrist or a life coach or somebody that can professionally help them. It's also been a very big blessing uh, in my life just to see how far this blog has reached people. Uh, There's a cool feature on the blog website where I could see where in the world people are reading it. And it's all over the United States and Canada, even a couple in Egypt, Australia, and a few kind of scattered everywhere around the world. Uh, So it's it's a huge blessing for me to be able to serve all these people out there. It's awesome that you've had such a big reach and it's only been a few months. And I'm really excited and look forward to see how it continues to grow as time goes on. And it's also, like you said, a big blessing that you've been able to begin this endeavor. So God bless your service for writing and then also being there as someone to talk to for your readers that do have questions or do feel compelled to talk to someone after reading your posts. So now we're going to go into the rapid fire part of the episode. Are you ready? Yes, I am. (laughs) So tell us a funny or moving story that's happened in your experience as a servant. This question kind of takes me back and it brings back memories uh, when I used to uh, serve in countries in Africa. One time I was in Tanzania and I remember seeing this little boy, you know, he didn't speak English. I didn't speak his language. And uh, I remember him just following me around. We would come with, you know, goodies and candies and um, little pictures of biblical stories and, you know, just little things for the kids there. Uh, so I'd give him all these things, and I'd play with him. I'd spend time with him. We were in that part of Tanzania for about three days. So every day he saw me, he came up to me, kind of tugged up my shirt, and was kind of attached to me the whole day. And it was just this really beautiful example of how love translates in many different languages. You don't have to speak the same language as the other person, but it's through action more than any- than anything. You know, kindness is love in action, and just being kind and being Uh, loving transcends any language that we know. Yeah, that's really beautiful. It's awesome that you got to go to that trip. And I remember you coming back and and sharing some stories and pictures. So 
it's nice that you're able to reminisce about it through this question. Yeah, that was probably over 10 years ago, so <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> um, so our second question is, can you recommend a book about service to the listeners? Uh, so I recently started listening. Uh, I listen to audiobooks a lot because the kids are running around screaming. It's very hard to actually pick up a book. I can imagine. <laughs> so thank God for Audible. Uh, I started listening to a book by Dr. Um, Albert Rossi. It's called Becoming a Healing Presence. Uh, he's actually the director of uh, counseling and psychological services at St. Vlad's uh, Seminary. It's an Orthodox seminary here in New York. Uh, and he talks about how to serve others and become this healing presence that is spoken about in the Bible. And it's a really good book I recommend for people to listen to or actually read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, read the book. <laughs> I'll actually, I will admit that I also have listened to the audiobook for Becoming a Healing Presence. Um, I listened to it uh, during my commute to school last year when I was still in college. Um, and yeah, I, I was really moved by the book as well. So thanks for recommending it. And I will make sure to link it in the show notes, as well as the other book that you mentioned earlier, What the Church Fathers Say About. So next question is, what is your favorite quote about service? Um, so this comes from one of my favorite people uh, who's really lived a beautiful life of service and just struggling in it. It's a quote by Mother Teresa. She says, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. So she really saw herself as just God's tool and um, you know, served his children and his people everywhere in the world. Uh, it was a really beautiful example for service. Yeah, she is. I've read her uh, autobiography, and it's been really moving. And you know, we, we can learn so much from her life and just her living up sacrifice. Almost a perfect example to us. Yes, she's great. <laughs> Lastly, if you can give one bit of advice to the listeners, what would that be? Um, I guess I'd have to reiterate the message of knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. Uh, sometimes we're tricked into believing that, so we struggle on our own and don't reach out for help or we're too embarrassed um, to talk to somebody about it. So know that you're not the first person to deal with whatever struggle you're facing, and you're definitely not the last person. And that there's no shame to reaching out to your father of confession, maybe a servant that you trust, a parent, uh, an older sibling or family member, or even if you need to see a, you know, a, a therapist or somebody um, in the mental health profession to talk to them. No shame in that. And I commend people who are that courageous to go out and to look for help, even though our culture, again, is views this as a taboo, unfortunately. Uh, but we can all help each other get through the struggles that we're facing. You know, just know that you're not alone. For sure. And I think, again, just reiterating about your blog, that in of itself being a service that um, helps people and reminds them that they're not alone and also provides a way for them to ask for help where maybe before it would have been a bit challenging to, to ask. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for uh, being a committed reader. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And uh, for all those who, you know, have been reading it, that's who I'm doing it for. Uh, as much as it is nice to self-reflect and really look back at my life and, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty vision, and to see how God has worked in my life, uh, it's also great that I'm able to use this to help others as well. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Lillian. Again, it was really awesome to have you. Thank you. And Lillian, where can listeners find more about you and your writing? So the blog itself is lilliesandthorns.com. You can go on there. There's a way to contact me, uh, an email address. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram uh, under Lillian Andrews. I post uh, weekly on the blog. Every Friday, I'll post a new topic. Awesome. So everyone subscribe to Lillian's blog, and I've linked it in the show notes as well. So it was really great to have you again. And um, also thank you so much to the listeners for being faithful listeners. And please feel free to reach out with any feedback or questions or suggestions and talk to you soon.